Robots are taking over the world and replacing the need for humans doing your job, right? The CPU is in neural processor. This is it, the robots are coming for our jobs. Okay, maybe they'll replace some jobs, but how could robots help you attract new snow and landscape employees and extend the career of some of your more seasoned staff? In today's podcast, I interview Ryan Habel, a snow and landscape contractor who shares who clears sidewalks better, humans with small tractors or robots? And how do robots impact employee recruiting and retention? We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Joss is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This podcast is all about helping the snow and landscape industry grow through sales, marketing, and leadership ideas. I'm excited to share today's interview because it inspired a new way of thinking about how robotics impact the human employees of my snow and landscape clients. And Ryan is a great speaker. In fact, he was on the autonomy panel at Sima's symposium in 2022. That was a great conference, by the way. I can't wait to go to the 2023 conference in Connecticut. Now, before we dive into today's interview, if you haven't already received a copy of my book, The Tree of Good Fortune, The Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing, I'd love to send you a free copy so you can implement the proven strategies that are working for snow and landscape contractors all over North America. So go to treeofgoodfortune.com and I'll ship you a book. And now let's hear the conversation with Ryan about robotics. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Landscaper's Guide. Today I'm excited to have Ryan Habel, the owner of Green Ventures LLC, on the show. We're going to talk about robotics, electric, and before we get into that, um, wanted to share that I met Ryan in an elevator when we were both in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at uh, the Sima Symposium. So um, great to meet you then, and I think I texted you my podcast and you checked it out, and now here we are having a conversation. So, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jack. Really excited. Um, tell us a little bit, what is Green Ventures LLC? How many employees do you have, and what services do you do? Oh, and where are you? Okay, so uh, Green Ventures Landscape Care, we're a, a small family business um, out of Waterloo, Ontario. Um, we have about 25 snow employees and we ramp up to about 35 um, employees in the winter or in the summer um, i'm a fourth generation landscaper this is kind of my family's second company and it's it's eight years old currently wow that's really cool so how old were you when you mowed your first lawn oh geez um there are pictures of me on a walker on my grandpa's lap when i was just a baby <laughs> i believe it that's so cool and um, what what percentage of your business is snow versus green? So typically um, for snow, we're about twenty five percent of uh, of our total revenue. And and uh, how many of your clients are commercial versus residential? So that depends if you count condos as commercial or if you count them I, as residential. Um, I do. If I think if they're like if they're in an HOA, I would consider that commercial. 
Okay, so then we're probably looking at about 75% commercial snow and 25% residential. Uh, condos make up a, a quite a large portion of what we do and probably the main driver of our, our snow operations. Well, cool. So so talk to me about robotics and were you speaking at SIMA? Yeah, so I was on the autonomy panel that was at mm-hmm. uh, SIMA um, with uh, Michael Mayberry and Joe Langton. And uh, yeah, our our panel was kind of talking about all things automation, uh, mostly focused on the snow removal side. And what what aspects of your of your business are you using robotics for, and and like how long have you been doing this? So we've been using um, robotics in our business for about two years now on the snow side. Um, we typically use them for sidewalks and small driveways. Um, to clear. Sometimes we'll use them on a smaller parking lot, but that's not quite the best use of our robotics. Uh, so we've been doing it for two years. This is our third year, and we, we think we're really kind of getting into the groove of things now and, and mm-hmm. how to mix both our, our human staff with our robotics and our other machinery on sites. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. You know, sidewalks are the bane of everyone's existence, and, and many contractors are, are hiring shovelers to do that, and shovelers are hard to, to come by right now. Um, how does the quality compare using a robot versus a human? So that was definitely a concern of ours when we first started. We typically have been using small tractors to do sidewalks. A small tractor still tends to do it a little quicker and a little cleaner, Um, but the robots can do it more often and give you kind of a better result overall since you can run them, you know, instead of just once during a snow event, you might be able to send them out two or three times during the same event. And so on the quality side, being it was such a concern to start, um, we've been quite impressed with what we've, what we've seen. From a pricing standpoint, what do you charge? How does, how is the pricing for the customer different when we're having a human running a tractor versus a robot? So typically when we're billing it out, they're billed out at a cheaper rate than the human and a tractor. Um, just because they cost less to run. Um, most of the contracts that we're using them on are all inclusives. So um, the client actually doesn't see a huge difference in, in their, they don't see a difference at all in their billing. For sure. Okay. So so when you factor in the the capital to buy the equipment, are is it profitable or how long does it take for that to become more profitable than the human with the tractor? So right away they're more profitable um on like a per you know per meter basis if you want to mm-hmm. or per yard basis for for you guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> um they tend to be more profitable um they where they kind of struggle is they're they're not as quick overall um but where they end up kind of winning out over a human and a tractor is with how long you can run them for um, a human and a tractor have limits, whereas a, a robot doesn't have those same limits. So you can run it for 18 hours straight and you're not going to be worried about it running into a lamppost because it's too tired, right? And so that's where um, you start to edge out the human and, and the tractor. And and so how how has this impacted your staffing needs? Has this 
alleviated or reduced some of the pressure for hiring people or how is it how is it kind of how does it impact your your team so i would say the best thing about it is it helps attract staff members to come here um we have been very lucky that people don't see our, our robots as taking jobs um but they see it as a way to multiply what they can do and and give them more time off during you know smaller snow events where before we may have needed eight guys to do, but now we can do it with four and four robots. So that's really helped on that end. Um, where it saved us is during COVID. Um, in Ontario, we had some pretty strict uh, restrictions. So if someone was to get COVID, it was like 10 days gone right off the bat. And so during snow season, that that could devastate you, right? Especially when we're running uh, 20 to 25 staff, if, if we had two people sick, that's 10% of our workforce right there. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that we had these, these robots that could run no matter what, um, it really helped kind of buffer a time where a lot of people are getting sick. The robots can't get COVID. No, <laughs> it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's definitely a, you know, that's one of the selling points that I share about making video content in your marketing is that if you make a video one time, it works every single day without fail. You know, so we, we use video in a similar, or that's how I think of video, is making a video in a key part of a sales process that every customer is gonna watch can help you get that leverage. Whereas salespeople get sick or you get sick, I, I get sick. I, I missed some work earlier this year and the cool thing was, my videos were still working for me. So that's that's cool that you're seeing that with with robots. I know another another aspect of your your company is electric equipment. And I wanted to hear a little bit where are you using electric equipment and what are some of the pros and cons there? Yeah, so we started our switch to electric equipment about five years ago. Um, we had a larger client um, ask that we we start to switch. And at the time, we we're using Gen 1 style equipment that didn't even really hold up at all compared to our gas equipment. And, and now we run typically hybrid crews with uh, the newer kind of Generation 3, Generation 4 style electric equipment um, that compares quite well to the gas equipment we were using before. Um, some of the pros are just like how quiet they are, how low maintenance the equipment is. Um, how easy it is to train people on. And um, and that would be the kind of the big pros that I see. Some of the cons that you deal with are still the higher end power isn't always quite there. Um, some people find the balance with the batteries uh, a little much. Um, I don't find that personally, but I know that is a complaint of some people. Um, and your upfront cost is more. Uh, when you're buying batteries versus kind of spreading out the cost of gas, um, you you pay a lot more upfront. I mean, this last year though, it was quite great having a nice set of batteries that had all been paid for. And well, premium gas up here was, you know, $2 and 20 cents a liter. Um, and so we were able to see the savings, you know, two, two, three years down the line from when we originally bought the equipment. Well, so that's one of the things I'm, I'm curious about with batteries is their overall shelf life you know, because a lot of batteries don't last very long and then they're not, you know, super disposable really. Um, what do you think about that? 
So currently what we've noticed, we're still using our batteries that we bought originally five years ago. Um, and they've had a bit of um, a loss of capacity, but nothing quite noticeable, like where people are complaining, oh, I don't want these batteries because they're old. Um, so currently in our operation, we haven't been old enough with our use of batteries to see a place where we need to get rid of them. Um, so I can't fully answer that question. Just it's, we haven't had, it hasn't been a problem we've had to deal with yet. Well, that's good. You know, and that's, that's, that's a good thing to hear. I mean, that you're still getting great use out of them five years later, um, is definitely can be enough time to pay for it, especially when fuel is as expensive as it is. Yeah, we typically are seeing about a two-year payoff with the batteries, um, which is which is pretty good for any investment if you, if you get your money back in two years. Um, and then after that, the the cost of charge is so low mm -hmm. that it's negligible when it comes to overall cost. And so that's when you know a year like this year, um, you can really make some serious gains. Or even just the way I look at it with the maintenance side is the amount of money we save in maintenance, we can, you know, buy 10 new batteries a year. And so there's other offsetting cost savings that we're, we're getting mm. to kind of afford, uh, run the batteries and afford them. And so what type of employees are you, are you seeing? Are they, I, I would think that some people would be really interested in the fact that you have robotics and electric equipment. Are you seeing that when you're recruiting and hiring? Yeah, I think it's definitely been a bigger, uh, big driver, especially with uh, younger staff, how excited they can be about electric, um, robotics, stuff that, you know, we watched TV growing up thinking, oh, is this actually possible? Like the, the, looking into the future. And so I think we've been able to attract a lot of younger staff about that. Um, but at the same time, I think it's been kind of a, a great selling point for you know, some older staff are kind of end of career looking, being like, oh, like this can extend out my longevity in an industry. And so that part is also really cool. Yeah. Tell me more about that. How can, how, how can this, you know, there's a lot of fear around, oh, everything's going to robotics. It's going to replace the need for human workers. Um, and yeah, it might replace some repetitive tasks for sure, but it also, create some opportunities. So f for the, the people who are in a later phase of their career, how, how are you seeing it benefit them and extend their career? I see the biggest kind of benefit being, um, you know, if you're looking at a sidewalk and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to shovel that and then hand salt it and a robot comes driving by, you can start to see how that's going to protect your body long term. Um, your job may shift from just being in the field doing all this extra work to, you know, I'm going to drive around and be making sure things are getting done properly. Um, kind of more quality control. Um, if a robot is dealing with some issues, how am I going to fix them? You're going to need people in the field to deal with that. So it's just shifting people's jobs. Um, mm -hmm. Our robots still need kind of remote guardians to kind of watch what's going on. So, um, for someone later in their career that has all this experience of what a, a good job should look like, you know, they can, they can be monitoring ro multiple robots from their computers. I love it. Um, how, do, how does this impact liability? You know, so when you have these, these contracts with HOAs or retail or hospitals or really any, any snow contract, there's a high level of liability. 
how I'm, how do how do you see robotics? What are the pros and cons from a liability standpoint? So from a liability standpoint, like our insurance companies, we haven't had any issues with them so far. Um, the great thing is our robots take constant pictures. They are reading ground temperatures. They're reading air temperatures. So they're doing all these things that I had to pay my staff to do in the past. Um, but it's getting done automatically. So insurance loves that, that it can, you know, when it's plowing, it leaves a breadcrumb trail of, of pictures for us to look at, to see, okay, this is done at this time. This is how much salt went down. Mm -hmm. It's so much more data than we ever had before. Um, even the best intentions when you're like, Hey guys, record all this stuff. Well, you're in the middle of the night and you've already worked for six hours. It, it can be tough to, to remember to do all that. So, um, what's been great is having all that data to back up what's going on. Um, and then our, again, when we brought this up to insurance, they're like, as long as you're still monitoring the properties and taking care of them, because we still have humans seeing the sites, um, they haven't had any issues with us so far. Awesome, Ryan. Well, uh, we really appreciate having you on the show and for speaking at SIMA. I didn't get to see that, but I, I just think it's really cool what's happening in the industry at large with electric equipment and robotics and the way that you're thinking of it, um, expanding the career path for for your people is really interesting. So thanks so much for coming on the show. For people listening, where can we connect with you? So um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, Ryan Habel is the name and, and under Green Ventures, you'll see me. Um, and if people want to reach out by email, um, my email is ryan at greenventureslc.com. And um, I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Cool. Well, Ryan, I'll put um, all of that info in the show notes so people can, can find it there. And thanks again for coming on to the Landscaper's Guide. Perfect. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out today's show. See the show notes for Ryan's contact info. And after we stopped recording, Ryan and I had a good 10-minute conversation about video and how powerful it is from a retention standpoint. How could you use video to systematically sell to customers, teach them things about budget, timeline, how to buy from you, your process? How could that generate more qualified leads for you? And then for your employees, how can you use video to train them? Train them things like how to use your estimating software or whatever things that you're spending a lot of time teaching people that they might forget, especially in springtime when all of a sudden people quit and you have new people. Video is really the ultimate leverage, in my opinion, for for both selling and also employee training. And one of the tools that I told Ryan about was Loom. Yep, L-O-O-M. Check out Loom. It's a really easy tool for making videos. And, um, you know, there's also a lot of opportunity for professional video. And if you're curious about how to make videos, what questions to ask people, um, when you're doing testimonial videos, I have a whole chapter on video in the Tree of Good Fortune, and um, there are links, there are examples that you can you can go and check out. So, anyways, check out this book, TreeOfGoodFortune.com. My name is Jack Justice, and thanks so much for checking out the Landscapers Guide podcast. I hope to talk to you on this show next week.